Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Hi, uh, it's Adam here, uh, and I just wanted to give you like a couple of notes at the top of this episode um one is that this episode was recorded a few months ago and of course the ultra vivid lament features vocals on blank diary entry by mark lanagan who in the meantime has very sadly passed away uh it's a big loss to kind of gothic rock and and alternative rock in general but I just wanted to put that out there because i guess it's kind of weird that we don't mention it on the episode um it's because it hadn't happened. Uh, it was a better time. The other thing is, if you're coming back just because this is a Mannix episode, great, amazing, welcome back. Um, next week, it's the start of season four. It'll be a brand new artist. So stick around next week as well. Make sure you're still subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you're still, you know, able to receive all of the new goodies that will start next Monday. All right. Well, in- enjoy the episode. I'm walking on my own, it's 1993 The heavy snow is falling, like an angel over me What's your favourite? Didn't have anything, started the sentence without having a finish (laughs) (laughs) What's your favourite cheese? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? Wensleydale. Um, is it actually Wensleydale? Because I'm not a big fan of Wensleydale. Never had it, or it just you've didn't it. register you, with me. It that must much. have come as part of a Christmas cheese board. Yeah, you've had Wensleydale with with cranberry in it as part of a Christmas package. You have, Steve. You have. Well, Steve, if not, mate, you're going to get some Wensleydale at my wedding. Oh. Oh. What? As a threat? Yes, as a threat. <laughs> if not, mate, I'll get you some fucking Wensleydale. <laughs> Uh, baked camembert, fight me. Oh, oh God, such an Instagrammable choice. 
Hello and welcome to Do You Love Us, a critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Manic Street Preachers. We're going through their discography, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect the way we feel about their output? And more importantly, we're asking, do you love us? Us being the band Manic Street Preachers, not the host of this podcast, which is called Do You Love Us, and to which you are now listening. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Lucas Way. Yep. And Steve Murphy. Yep. Okay. They are present, but not thrilled about it. Uh, we're, of course, <laughs> yeah. on our quest to answer the question, what is music? And I think that music uh, is the effervescent sparkle uh, glinting off a glass of champagne. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so good. I think it is the champagne. Oh, okay, 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 Steve. Oh, yeah. Steve, Waluigi, hallelujah, Waluigi, oh, hallelujah. So you were supposed Indeed. to say it's the glass. No, I do. I want because then there's a little connecting thread between us all. What we just said, but Waluigi, hallelujah is fine. Yeah, 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 thanks, man. That's yeah, great. It's Thank good. you. It's good. Of course. Cheers. On this episode, we're going to continue our discussion on the Ultra Vivid Lament, the 14th studio album by Manic Street Preachers. This is the second of two parts, and last week we discussed all of the context and work behind this record with the producer of the record, Dave Erringer. This week we're going to go track by track to talk about our personal reactions, our opinions, our takes on the album, as well as digging into the meanings and connotations of the song. Uh, but it's more fun than that sounds. Uh, if you want all of that context, uh, and we'll be referring to some of it throughout, then go back and listen to part one first. Uh, because today, there's not really any preamble. We're going to get right into it. The Ultra Vivid Lament was released on September the 10th, 2021. It's 11 tracks and 44 minutes and 37 seconds long. We're waiting for Luke. Is Adam, gonna say for me to say it's too, too long, long, maybe? No, long. I don't think it's too long. It's fine. Interesting. It's because it's 11 tracks, though, isn't two it? Two minutes longer it, than when we all fall asleep. Where do we go? Yeah. If it was Famous 15 minutes, it too long. I didn't, say where, I didn't say when we all fall asleep, where do we go, it was too long. You did. I said, you did, that, I said that Happier Than Ever was too long. What, uh, you said that when we fall asleep, where do we go, it was too long. Um, too many tracks. Ah, okay. They had more tracks. They did have more tracks. Produced by a friend of the podcast, but not quite big mate, Dave Erringer. Mixed by David Wrench, except track one, which was mixed by Dave Erringer. Additional guitar and keyboards by Gavin Fitz, John, Nick Naismith, and Dave Erringer. Mastered by Matt Colton. And it has that artwork, which, uh, which I really like. Dave Erringer? Well, no, the artwork not by Dave Erringer. I actually don't know who it's by, but it's definitely a picture of Nicky Wire. Is it? It is, yeah. What's, what's the front cover again? Wow. This is my favourite bit of the podcast because even though we host a music podcast, the first time Lucas sees the cover is always on the episode. No, just forget <laughs> them. It's a beach, isn't it? With it's the, a it's beach like a and it's got it's big like... text. It's got the Radiohead text that they stole and and that's got, uh, Nicky Wire, we think, maybe. It's definitely it's Nicky Wire. It's, it's, on, uh, it's on, yeah. on the Tembi beach. I am convinced that that was done on Instagram. Yeah, so, I tell you what, I, I went through my... Instagram. I just had a little flick through like memories. I've looked at, like really old, like the first pictures I ever put on Instagram back in like, yeah, 2000. Yeah. Filter City. Yeah. Filter City, baby. Mm-hmm. Like Made the most like, like, a like make it looks like a, it's been taken Polaroid. on a little Polaroid. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I've got yeah. a Polaroid camera at my wedding and, and uh, I took a photo with it the other day just to test it. And Great. Look, That's going to be a they, good old picture of my butthole then. They look like, um, they well, just bear in mind, Steve, it's a Polaroid camera. So that part of your butthole will cost me about a fiver. Okay. Even better. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just fueling well, that's the flames. Not... Do you know what, Luke? Because you're not going to get two, two buttholes. Yeah. Tenner. Have you got get two? Bu- have you got two buttholes? Yeah, don't you? 
What? Yeah. Oh, have you got? Yeah, I've got one. You've only got one. Hey. Yeah. What? It's okay, mate. It's got one butthole. Uh, we've done an episode on this briefly. Um, Lucas, your initial reaction was that it was a carbon copy of postcards from a young man. Yeah. Uh, is that a position that you still hold? I thought, I thought not. Do you know what I was thinking? I was listening to the episode earlier today, and I, th- and I was thinking, what do they have in common? And of course, the most famous thing about postcards from a young man is all of the strings, and this has no strings, um, <laughs> no strings attached. Do you know? I think it probably oh. was. <laughs> Go um, on. You know, we did. It was only a quick bong of an episode, wasn't it? We yeah, did a yeah, quick yeah. hit on the bong. Just a quick bong. Yeah. Little Just quick a... hit on the bong. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I probably listened to the first few songs, zoned out, and listened to the rest. <laughs> And it's definitely hit heavy towards the start. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. Is that another way of saying our famous thing of front loaded? Well, no, I'm not necessarily saying front. I'm just saying like the like very accessible pop mm-hmm. radio friendly yeah. hits are towards the start. Mm-hmm. And obviously Postcards from a Young Man was them trying to, you know, have that that accessible hit, you know, vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, they're just going for that again. And actually, nah, probably a bit less. Bit not, bit Interesting, not yeah. We, um, not lo- lots yeah. of people also. I mean, we brought it up last week. Lots of people also brought up uh, lifeblood, in- including mm. myself. But I, <laughs> I think that's kind of more about <laughs> the themes and the lyrical content than it is necessarily about the sound. It's not. Of it's the about. Album. <laughs> that's Coldplay, isn't it? That's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that, I, I think the comparisons are valid mm. to a degree. I would describe this album as bright. Sure. But lifeblood was cool, and this is warm. Yeah, I think it. I think it has that a more of a distorted, analog, sort of messier tone than lifeblood, mm. which kind of puts it more towards futurology uh, for me than 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 lifeblood. Some of the slower tracks on uh, futurology. I'm thinking of like the next jet to leave Moscow. You know, I thought like just li- I thought like lifeblood meets riff. Yeah, a little bit. Although I do, I do think this is a stronger album than Resistance is futile. I still think it isn't really like, I mean, apart from it being the same band, I think it really does stand on its own. And you could say that it's a bit like this. Dave said one of the songs is a bit like Generation Terrorists, which threw yeah. me a little bit. Do you know what I don't um, think it sounds like? Much, much to, to the... Uh, placebo. Well, I don't think it sounds like Placebo. Bob that Dylan. Is okay. I don't think it sounds like Bob Dylan. Okay. Are we going to go through everything it doesn't sound like? We're going to keep we going until, like? until we hit okay, it. Okay, go yeah. on then, keep going. I don't think it sounds like... I don't think it sounds like... Uh, a hummingbird. On your doesn't face. Sound like mm. on my face. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, doesn't sound like chicken tonight. Um. <laughs> that's <laughs> what. Um. I don't think it sounds like. And sorry, Dave, because he he described it as this: the Clash playing ABBA. Hmm. Now I think it does well, in he, places. You can hear the ABBA. Yeah. You have to hear the. Can ABBA. I? The 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 super Ding-ding. bright yes. green <laughs> piano and the disco drums with with the disco bass yeah 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 definitely especially yeah, on like yeah. the secret he had missed yeah. uh, and then and then with that you've got like the kind of only slightly distorted like chugging guitar which is quite classic Clash you know I mean lots classic. of bands have chugging guitar sure but there's also the themes of you know the stuff that the Clash you know there's, oh, there's, I there's don't like know a the few themes sure. you're gonna have to tell me the themes aren't you I'm you really couldn't pick out any of it at all hey let's do a whole episode on it uh, just no, absolute blank slate I mean, no no I mean there's some songs that are very you know on the nose Orwellian interesting yeah. I don't think that Maybe. song is, is like, as on the nose as you uh, as you think 
quickly oh. gonna quickly oh. just gonna and like it. and like after ending and stuff like but the, the ones that are really on the nose i mean standard not, for me right the songs that are a bit more on the, nose, on the nose i uh i can recognize what they're about the rest of them I have to read the lyrics and then in some cases still don't know what they're about interesting yeah i mean i, I think this album is slightly more nebulous in its themes than than, than, we, than, we, than we typically have from from the manics maybe um it, it it took a few listens to grow on me properly it didn't hit me like immediately yeah same i definitely same. i first heard it which obviously probably another reason why after that first listen i was like oh yeah it's just another bloody postcard from young man which i actually quite liked but sure uh but yeah, I was very like, yeah, whatever. And then it definitely took a lot of listens. I remember actually a lot of it only really clicked for me when I was driving to Brighton, listening to it to go and see it live. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I was listening to it and I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing this song. It's quite a good song, this one, actually. And then they didn't play it, I imagine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they only played like four or five, didn't they? Um, hey, still good. It feels kind of more exploratory than things like Resistance is Futile or Postcards from a Young Man, which. For some reason, I think we're using like I, I'm using it as like a recent example, but I've just thought that it's eleven years and four albums ago. Uh, Postcards of a Young <laughs> yeah. Man. So I guess what's yeah. uh, even in exile? I think you can hear the influence of even in exile on this album, which I, which I know Dave brought up uh, last week. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, dynamic. There's a lot of dynamic. Steve had to yeah. read his notes there and remind, I couldn't didn't know what word it was. He just kept <laughs> reading it. What just would saw you say? Dynamy. There's dynamicism. Uh, Dynanim, di- dynamism dynamism but it's very dynamic that, yeah you just say it's dynamic. there's a lot yeah, of dynamism yeah. yeah dynamism there's a lot of dynamic assisticism yeah it's dynastic that's the one. it's mm. dynastic <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah. because this um, uh, you know what else is a bit uh weird listening to this is it's like it's weirdly nostalgic to listen to already but it's just because I'm like nostalgic for Mannix because like it's like I'm like it's hearkening back to the the podcasts that we still do yeah, yeah, that is true. And so I still have that like weird nostalgia of like, oh, Manix. Is there oh. any chance that you're picking up on the fact that this is a deeply nostalgic album anyway? Well, maybe. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's burrowing, that's burrowing no. deep into my soul. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, no, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just not picking, I'm just not, you know, just subconsciously I'm picking up on it. And yeah, I'm just I like, do, yeah, you know. I do get what you mean though. Like it, uh, there's some personal context now on this album because, it, and it's nice to have that because I, I was a part, I was a part of this release. You know what I mean? I was sort of, I was aware of that it was happening and I was excited anticipating it and then I saw all the teasers and I was like oh what's it going to sound like and joining in the discussion online and stuff so like this is the first sort of my first Manix release that I cared about um so I've got that personal context I'm more excited for the next one because I still feel like when this came out we were still doing Manix right no. are we still covering Manix no no are we in full in muse mode it came out in yeah. September last year Oh, wait. So uh, nine so, months into Muse. Yeah, mode. so we were, <laughs> <laughs> we were eight months into the Muse season. Yeah. Wait, this came out in September of last year. Yeah. When did we see them? September of last year. What? <laughs> oh. Unless all of my notes are wrong. Did this come out in 2020? No, it came out in 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it was a lockdown album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, just weirdly, like, I still felt like I was in Mannix. Mode. We weren't that far removed from, uh, from maybe it's that Manix, maybe. But now, mm. now it's been what a couple of years since that podcast, maybe. Yeah, something near Jesus. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's been like a year and a matter of weeks. Uh, it came out in uh, January twenty twenty. 
Yeah, but we're finished now, in we're December in 2020. Mar- we're now in March uh, 2020. It's actually February. <laughs> Lucas, yeah, yeah, Lucas, stop it. Stop it. Oh, wait, so I just wizard. talked about my wedding like it's not in the past tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, you ate some camembert at my wedding. Nope. Steve, you ate some Wednesday Dale at my wedding. We've already talked about your wedding to Phineas. Yeah. Because he came in and you you guys left on a bus. But Steve says he looked sad about it. He did, yeah. Yeah. Looked sad. But it was weird that I could see him. Yeah, 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 odd. But Billie Eilish was driving the bus. Do you remember, Lucas? Do you remember now? I don't remember. I was so drunk. Do you remember now? Uh, (laughs) Should we start the album? Yeah. I think they started it years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Cheap gold and glitter. There are no holes in my recollections A time has stopped and is perfectly frozen These days may never come again My optimism resembles a dying flame Oh, that's yeah. a oh, yes. good word for oh, it. It's like a yes. fox's word. glacier mint in song oh. four. <laughs> oh. Polar bear sitting on the synthesizer. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What? A po- yeah. And the chorus is when you pop it in your mouth, you get that first taste of like sharp mint, and it just sort of, oh. you know, expands yeah. across your palate. Mm, Dave used the word glacier. And I was really happy about it. Yeah, we've said that a lot and been and patted ourselves on the back for using that word. God, yeah, well done. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He stole it from us because when he listens to our podcast, yeah, he listens to it. Yeah, listens to it. Yeah. Um, not what I was uh, sort of uh, expecting on first listen. It's kind of the Mannix did did ambient music. Yeah, which again is like they've been listening to our podcast, <laughs> and they know that I love ambient music. <laughs> And that's why they thought Adam will fucking love this. Yeah, they'll be like, this, this one's for you. Because this whole song is so, like, my jam, you know? It is, it's really good for a start. Mm. Isn't it really good? Also, it's Steve's jam because it's nostalgic. Oh, And it's I'm, my I... jam because it's got that, like, that, that little vague lifeblood energy going through it. And so, actually, yeah. it's like they've written a song and gone, it's just for those guys. Yeah, this, this is guys. for the What Is Music podcast. We're not yeah, going to go but... on the podcast. But, but but this is for you. And there's a big wink, a big wink from the Mannix there. Uh, you're right; it is nostalgic. And at this point, I'm just a pastiche of myself, aren't I? Let's be honest. Well, but we all are. You know, there are no holes in my recollections. Oh. Time has stopped and is perfectly frozen. These days may never come again. Mm. My optimism 
resembles a dying player. It gets a bit sadder at the end. There, oh, but... Well, yeah, it's manic. It's like yeah, sad all the time on this album. Oh, oh, I haven't had Steve read out some lyrics in that oh. nostalgic voice in some time. Yeah, oh. my voice cracked a bit. Did you notice? Oh. <laughs> yeah, because literally just reading the lyrics is all it takes. I think the, uh, the what they do with the production on the song really like accentuates that that feeling as well. Like the the I'm walking on my own. It's 1993 is very like distant the vocals are like bathed in echo because he's actually yeah. recalling a memory as though he's there right the heavy okay. snow is falling like an angel over me and then it snaps into the present day and the acoustic guitar um starts picking and it, the vocals become so much clearer and he's saying there are no holes in my recollection and time has stopped and it's perfectly frozen and then when he fuses the two to say that it's still snowing in Sapporo he's remembering being in Sapporo and saying that it's still snowing in Sapporo so he's Blending the past and the present is when the song like explodes. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> into something that just like absolutely sums up the Manics to me as well because it's joyful and it's really sad. And it's big, but it's really personal. And it takes is it its. Sad? It's so sad. This is like so obviously about the four of them being in Japan and recalling. Oh, there's literally a line where it's just the four of us against the world. Yeah, exactly. And it recalls the yeah. motorcycle emptiness video. And it's obviously about Richie and memory and ghosts. And that's where the lifeblood sort of stuff comes in. And I can't help but think that this was triggered by the Gold Against the Soul reissue, which we covered when we were in the Manic season. And of course, he would have been looking over that they released a, a, an hour long film that was about them being in Japan, right? And, and doing a tour of the Gold Against the Soul stuff. So going through all of that footage must have in some way inspired the lyric uh, for this. So yeah, I think it's sad as fuck. And I think it's something where they've taken their influences and here I hear Bowie and The Cure, but it creates something kind of like quite unique. And it's just, that's just pure manics. It's new and it's old. It feels like something they could have released 15 years ago, but could have only have written now. Yeah. And, it, and you sort of mentioned this last week, but it, it really sets the tone for the entire album, just yeah. in terms of it's got lots of little pockets of what is, gonna, is coming. So yeah, you've got yeah, yeah. the abbaness, you've got the ambient weird bits, which it just goes up and down so bravely, really, because it just drops out. And I said this last week as well, but when you see it live and, and just everything stops. And there's and no backing just, at all. Yeah. And it's just James. Yeah. Um, yeah it, so really, they- it really does set it. They played this acoustically, right? No, no. What was the one they did acoustically? Uh, they did La Tristessa Durera acoustically. Oh, that was it. So they didn't do this. Okay, so this did da, happen. Da, 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 no. Lucas wasn't no. there acoustically. For that. Lucas wasn't there. For that. Oh. yeah. Cheers. Um, <laughs> sort your life out. <laughs> I was. I was trying at the time because <laughs> he wasn't there yeah. due to mental health issues. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, it is also a big poppy anthemic single. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know catchy I mean? as fuck, isn't it? Yeah, catchy as fuck. Great. Like, and it has that bit that goes, wow, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, how do you like make a song? Like, like, because we all immediately pick up on the nostalgic. And there's a, there's a, there's a song that I love. It's one of my favorite songs, even though it's just like a chill, a bit of a chill song. Sure. Any lyrics or anything. Sure. And it's called, and it's, it's, got by, it's by someone called Summer Heart. There you and go. It's called Talk to Me. Yeah, and it's called uh, Steve. I've sent it to you, mate. You loved it. Um, <laughs> and it's called I Want to Go. And mm. it just oh. it, there's no lyrics. It's just like sound. It's, you know, it's just it's like a chill song. But it just sounds like oh, it just sounds like a summer's day when you're like 16 out getting stoned and nothing matters. And I'm just like, how do you ca- capture that? And just like, how can you like 
what's the sound that our brain locks onto as like that means nostalgia? I, I think a big part of that is 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 doing things in an analog way. We didn't have much nostalgia reaction to Billie Eilish because those are very clean digital uh, electronic recordings for the most part, right? And this is a real bass, an acoustic guitar, and a live drummer, you know? And I think that, that'll that add to it because it's, quote-unquote, recorded the old way, <laughs> I guess. But also the opening line is, it's 1993, and we're fully yeah. aware that it's not 1993. So Wait, it's instantly uh-huh. putting you into that mode. And we remember 1993. I remember 1993. Do I remember? Yes, I do remember 1993 because I remember my parents coming back from seeing Jurassic Park and really having enjoyed it. Uh, uh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And that's post Jaws, isn't it? That's post Jaws. Yeah. I would have been four. So I guess yeah. like you, you start holding on to memories about being four, don't you? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Steve, just, just to put a note on that, it is post Jaws, but it is also oven. Okay. Okay. Preheat. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone preheat their oven? Yes. Yeah, of course. Shoving in a shoving in a pizza. No, I preheat. Shove that shit oh, pizza! I don't. You're bother. preheating. Yeah, something nah, pe- like pe- yeah, pizza. Yeah. I just shove it in. Pizza, I just yeah. shove it. Right I absolutely need to ninety-five it. If I'm cooking something proper, I'm preheating. <laughs> starring. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My pizza is always starring Robert De Niro uh, and uh, Al Pacino. Yeah. Your pizza is the Irishman. What are you talking about, the Irishman? That's oh, post heat. me to it, prick. That's, that's post heat. That's leaving yeah. the oven on after you've cooked the thing. Which is. Do you guys post heat your oven? That's the <laughs> oven being broken. That's the oven being broken down and having to be repaired digitally. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm, yes. Yes. Mm, yes. Mm. Yes. 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 Uh, it would be to do, Lucas, with the, the cords that are used to kind of elicit an emotion. The fact it's called summer heat and I want to go. Straight away, if you told me that no summer heart, instantly that's <laughs> Took away conjuring there. up images. Yeah, hmm? we'll cover them as a season. Season Some, five will and be summer heat is listen, we'll be is just covering summer heart, who just does like chill. Yeah, like, so summer heat is whacking the heating up and sticking on that film with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a Wait, big summer heat, sweating while watching The Irishman. And this song is 1993. <laughs> this song is, is post, 1993, which is post 1984. Yeah. Yes. Which but, was a book. Yes. Written. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see what I'm doing? When was it written, though? Before 1984 or after. <laughs> <laughs> but not during. But not during <laughs> 1984. not during. It's but going mo- so well. But most well. importantly, it was written by... Yeah? Someone. And play the yeah. next song. Yeah. Okay, good, yeah, fine. <laughs>
bang, it's single time. <laughs> that is like such a single, right? It's a single, and it was, uh, let checks notes. <laughs> <laughs> the single. It yes. was the first single. We it was, heard it yeah. and we went, and we, we were all a little bit worried. Yeah. I think we were worried because of the dissonance between the teaser, which was creepy, yeah. creepy, and this, which <laughs> is not very creepy. But I do think that this fulfills the prophecy of ABBA played by The Clash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Oh, that's. Yeah. And that is. That is. I, I, I yeah. think it is taken from an ABBA song. It's not <laughs> quite. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, tab. Uh, but you're right. I remember the teaser and Russ all going, oh, it's going to be fucking gloomy and weird and fucking insane. Yeah. And then we heard this and we were like, oh, no, maybe it's not going to be that interesting. And then it... The album's more interesting than this song, right? Yes, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, it's very shiny. Uh, one of the big things about... Uh, in typical Mannix fashion, it's very shiny, but the lyrics are a bit darker. So you have to kind of dig in to see where the creepy, creepy actually uh, sort of sits uh, on the album. How do you um, feel about the creepy, creepy, Adam? It- I find it too creepy. Uh, okay. It's interesting to me, one of the big things about this album, of course, is that in a change of pace for James, it was all written on a piano. So it's interesting that on the lead single where they're going with we've written this around the piano, the piano is actually stripped back to basically just that riff, right? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. And then I think there's some like, like in the background, but it's not a hugely, um, it's not yes. piano all the way through. It's only guitar. What's the guitar doing in this song? <laughs> and I'm just here. Oh my God, it's like. Have you got samples? Yeah, you got I, some I of the just stems? played a little clip there from yeah. the stems. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a solo in it and stuff, you know? Uh, and there's some very, very interesting synth sounds in the background, especially in the chorus, that sort of distorted, like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking like Michael Winslow's over here. Yeah. Um, if you listen to a flak copy or you listen to it on CD, they really, like shine in in, in really? the top end yeah 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 um yeah now you're talking about earlier about how it's a bit it's not maybe on the nose but i've got it's a bit on the nose sure it's a bit yeah. on the nose people in power equal bad also he says it feels impossible to pick a side mm. don't don't think it necessarily is at the moment well that's sort quite, of i think it's can... quite easy to be to have us to be against the current the current side but I suppose the opposition is not exactly so different anymore. I think that's what... And he kind of said that... Don't pick that, that side, quote, then. Don't pick that, that side. Pick that whole side. quote from the documentary watched about how we used to know who to be against. And, and it's that. It's harking back to that, right? That's what I got from that line, anyway. Yeah, I think it's kind of playing on the idea that both sides of the political spectrum are saying, well, we live in Orwellian times. Yeah. You know, like it's such a like such a buzzword that it actually doesn't mean anything anymore. Which of well, course, yeah. words wage war and meanings being missed. Yeah, that is so the, uh... so accurate and so depressing that just yeah. everyone's arguing about That's everything. The manics, on, everyone's <laughs> arguing about everything. All media is arguing and being dramatic about everything, yeah. and yeah. there's no nuance, yeah. and everything's just shit. And I think that this is a song that is. I want to say that this is a song that's arguing for nuance, but I actually think that, taken into context with the rest of the album, uh, it's it's a song that is arguing for, do you know what? 
fuck it all. I'm out. I'm out, mate. I'm just going to just let you guys get on with this. Uh, It's interesting that you kind of say, like, it's so easy to kind of kind of pick a side but the, the, the big thing about the manics when compared to us is obviously they are 20 years older than us um mm. and i think there is an old sort of adage that as you get older you drift further to the right right now the manics started so far left <laughs> that yeah. when they drift, now drifted right, towards new labor yeah they've drifted towards like <laughs> the center <laughs> yeah. In fact, there's well, a lyric think... on the album later, which is "I defend the the, the center ground," right? Or "I defend the middle ground." Defend the middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I think that that this song is kind of it's a bit like if you tolerate this, where if you're not willing to do the digging, it's a bit nebulous, and actually both sides can say like, "Well, if you tolerate this, your children will be next." You know, we've seen that song used as like anti-immigrant sort of stuff you know the bmp used if you tolerate yeah. this your children will be next for their means um yeah. the big naughty pillocks <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah 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 it got uh, lucas uh, has destroyed racism so, yeah. I, so I, racism's think, cured. I think that the album uh, the album i think that the song is more about the deliberate misuse of words than it is about anything actually being orwellian you know, I don't actually okay. think it's political. I think it's more about literature and the way that words are used. There's that line about sentences that dance and hide and how both sides will maybe manipulate what's being said to kind of control what people think. Uh, we're getting real into Muse territory here. <laughs> I've just realised. <laughs> Mind control. Mind control. <laughs> to Major Tom. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that the line? Oh, yeah, I what, love that. Where, That's great. Th- the bit mm. I'm not clear about on the song is when is it about the green duck puppet? Great. Uh, we all hear the future fucks the past, right? Yeah, I've got the future fucks the past, the fucks begin to burn. Oh! <laughs> you know, it's it's bad when the fucks start burning, right? But That's you know, when it's fucking bad. Although I think that's what the album is about. I think Nikki's out of fucks. Yeah. He's burned yeah. them yeah. all. The future um, fucks the past, yeah. Which is easy to to be on board with, but also it's a dangerous place to go. Of, it is. I can't be fucking asked anymore because that's apathy is what leads to you know everything bad happening because the, there's no one there to fight against it. But if everyone, if everyone didn't give a fuck, everyone, yeah, it was just done with. Then it. all it would take is one person to no, be a and, and then they'd. And then they'd win. Do you feel and it, though? Can you feel yourself wanting to give in to the not giving a fuck of it all? Yeah. Yes. And, and the only other thing I was going to say about how you earlier saying how they've gotten older, they're just seeing the same old shit repeating, right? Yes, so exactly. So they've got this another is... 20 years on us of just seeing, oh, fucking hell, just nothing changes. Nothing yeah, but, fucking changes. Like the, like the issues with the Conservative government actually ripping out of the heart of the communities that they grew up in. Uh, you know, somewhat there's a little connection there because that all happened around 1984. Uh, they're, they're just seeing all of these cycles of, of, thing, of things repeating. But I, the, the, the apathy, the not wanting to engage anymore, I feel that in my fucking bones. I f- I'm the opposite. Really? You want to get I'm out there and, like-, like, you're going to the protests, are you? I'm gonna go and wow, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was the end of your street, you'd be there, man. If it was at the end of Lucas's street, he'd be complaining that he couldn't get to sleep because of the protests. Yeah. He'd be yelling <laughs> yeah, at a cloud. <laughs> Some of us trying to sleep. Musically, for me, this is after loving "Still Snowing in Sapporo" in terms of the context of the album. This is instantly less interesting. I think. 
Yeah, it's a standard single bait, yeah. isn't it? For me, we hit the weaker spot of the album quite quickly. Uh, yeah, I think the next two tracks, I think the two singles. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, there's no secret there. and drops into the verse is uh, it feeds me on a daily basis I suckle from its teat I like yeah when it, I, I mean there's something there was another song that I loved what song was it where I just loved the, oh it's um, Love of Richard Nixon where going into the second verse yes. yeah, there's yeah, a little, little something extra, extra a something. little extra something on the something, sauce something. wait no a little extra sauce on the something, on the something hey, yeah. you can put something on the sauce man you can put sauce on sauce actually when you put like ketchup and also you put mustard that what kind of mustard though Mm. Like classic American mustard, the classic yeah, American yeah, mustard, yellow, basically yeah. just pickle juice, yeah. bright yeah. yellow. Yeah. So yeah. sprinkle a bit of paprika on top of your hollandaise and your and your uh, eggy bee. Guys, eggy bee. I've got one word to say about this song, and it's disco. I mean, yeah, the fact that it's it's the bit that comes out of the chorus into the verse that you love is it just keeps up that exact rhythm, oh. and that's what's because it it drops out, yeah. but it's still boogieing. Oh, it's still That's boogie. That's what it is. It's still yeah. And you go into boogie. the second chorus and there's some... Ah, in the background. Yeah. Oh, God, like so good going, at this. Oh. Adam, are like, you still we should playing record this? an album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that subtle acoustic with like the galloping bass. And Lucas, I know you're a fan of it, it's got the arpeggiated synth towards the second half of the song. Cool. And great female vocal from uh, Julia Cummings, who is from the Brooklyn band Sunflower Bean. Having said that, it's huge single territory, and I think the choruses absolutely pale in comparison to the verses. Okay, you think it's just not, it doesn't cut up? It's, it's I'm not fussed about those choruses, man. Okay, just the uh, kind of, because it's quite simple. Oh, actually, no, that's, just, that's the verse. Sounds like a manic single from eight of their records you know? yeah. name, name the well, what eight yeah <laughs> um, I, I can't um, be bothered because but it i want to yes add fact- you so bad but i just <laughs> <laughs> imagine if you just like bang bang bang, bang. it would have been so good it is absolute like classic manix having a female artist duet uh i love great little i love a dueling vocal i you love do. a male oh, yeah. female i love a male uh, female contrast, back and call forth. and response yeah mm, yeah mm, 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 mm. well we're Lovely. back to and i've not had to do this in a couple of seasons we're back to it being 
a conversation kind of between two actual historical figures is uh, it now yeah so uh, the male vocal uh, is augustus john uh, who was a welsh painter that lived from 1878 to 1961 fucking manics what do they write songs <laughs> <after>? <laughs> fucking manics they just flick through an encyclopedia they pick, and go, they oh, pick random <laughs> random article on wikipedia and he's like nick like i'm gonna do this today i'm gonna um, do a song about uh, about a town that's in a valley got flooded uh, it was an interesting story i saw a video about it on youtube and i'm gonna write a song about it youtube didn't exist when that song was written and i've just you know just pedantry Did it not pedantry when uh, yeah. what, in 1997 released? i doubt it um at one point uh, augustus john uh was considered the most important artist working in britain and he had a sister which is the female vocal of this song, Gwen John, also a Welsh painter, but kind of overshadowed by uh, her brother Augustus and her lover, uh, Augustus Rodin, who Mannix have a song about. Anorexic Rodin is about that painter. We're in classic Nicky loves art artists and interesting or strained relationships, I think. How Adam, do, you wanna eat, do you want to eat your words, Adam? Do I? I don't know. YouTube. It yeah. came out in 2005. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, so he was, I'm seasoning my words and getting ready to eat them. <laughs> right, okay. um, here's what Nikki said. Uh, it's about how opposite their lives were. Augustus John was bohemian, reckless, amazingly talented, but some might say wasted his talent. Then Gwen John was much more about the interior world, living an almost nun-like existence in France with very little possessions. It just goes to show how different it can turn out between a brother and a sister. Now, that's all well and good, and I've not had to look up stuff like that in a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it seems out of place on the record. Do you, what, the sound of the song or the, or the theme? The theme, like, it's, it's a record that's so uh, sort of concerned with Nicky's personal views on stuff or Nicky's, like, kind of... At one point, he says he was exploring internal galaxies, like his his own exploration within his head, it seems so concerned with that on the whole that it seems weird to then put a song that is like Manic's doing classic "Know Your Enemy" yeah. kind of let ropes and sing history stuff. Do you know a what I mean? History song, yeah, yeah. They do love tell. They do love a little history lesson, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I could imagine in another life, Nicky Wire being a history teacher. Oh, absolutely! He'd be oh. the coolest history teacher, wouldn't he? Cool. Wouldn't it be nice? Oh, yeah, just on the nice. elbows, but the patches have like got glitter on them. Sure. I'd leave an apple on his desk. Oh, if you know what I mean. I'd leave a kiss pet. on his cheek. Oh, that's probably I'd inappropriate. Get, I'd get good grades because he'd be a good teacher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. What is the secret? It's a secret. Yeah, he missed, missed. It. he missed it. He missed it. So he missed it. He missed it. The uh, secret that she had missed is what? Is that he had missed? Mm. Um, what is it? He? Yeah, yeah the secret he had missed. Just delete yeah. a little s. There. Okay, great. <laughs> I do see Orwellian and this song as a pair, and I don't know if it's just because it's the singles or it's just because they're next to each other and therefore they've just fused together in my mind. I think it fits on the album, but I guess thematically it doesn't. But like, it's never jumped out at me for that because I didn't know the meaning. Maybe the album moves in pairs. I think a lot of the time. Does it? I think so. Ooh, I'm going to listen out for that now. Um, and, I, and I think that these two are the songs I would take off the album if it were up to me. Because I don't think that Orwellian or The Secret He Had Missed, although they give quite a good amount of energy to the opening of the record, I don't think they're necessarily thematically appropriate for the album. And I don't think they add that much to it. Um, 
but that's me getting into my like there's a whole kind of narrative around this album i think um and, and that's me kind of getting into that rather than uh sort of like uh the 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 tone and texture of just the song taken in isolation take take them in isolation i put these on because i want to hear them but if i'm doing a full run of the album i'm like oh, it's a shame that these two are on it and so close together and near the beginning but you get them out of the way we listen to music differently what what <laughs> what do you mean you listen to what different what yeah what yeah. e- explain that what 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 yeah. prompted that because I like them and I'm they're like the, some of the highlights of the album for me and not like oh it's a bit of a shame that they're on the album. I'm like oh it's good they put them on the album. I think I think they're great songs and I and I think they detract from the album as a whole. Adam's doing a phase. There you go. That's Adam's yeah. doing a phase. Maybe some would see that as a contradictory state uh, statement, but uh, I, I think that the uh, the integrity of the album as a whole is let down by these two brilliant songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i get it i get it because i know the way you listen to music but i don't actually get it i get it academically yeah no i, I get adam's point it doesn't yeah take i listen to music academically sometimes do you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like yeah yeah. yeah yeah but i think that's yeah. because i'm at this point i'm talking if if we did a manix playlist that was just random and i'd never heard the manix before I would go, oh, these two songs on it are great. I love these two songs. But because they're in, they're surrounded by songs that I feel are somewhat different to them, I think these two songs let down the rest of the songs. Because we're here to talk about the album as a piece of work rather than a collection of individual songs. Uh, because that's what the Manics want. You know, this is a very deliberate album, I feel. And famously, that is just something that we do differently. We and are going to get onto that a little bit on the next episode. We don't let it divide us. And that's what's good. The next track, though, is Quest for Ancient Colour. Fuck. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) That's what Listen on Shuffle would do for you, mate. (laughs) I had a very bad dream. The main actor in it was me. My scream at last its source. Like a reservoir in a summer drought. Images remade themselves I explode into no galaxies The boys of summer adopt and gone Girls in their summer dress had flown Like the line. Do you know which one I'm going to say? The Lucas main actor is going to agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he I should say a... the protagonist. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I had another pass at it, Go and on. it's just adding. Well, like usually, we talk about James trying to do some vocal gymnastics to try and make the syllables fit. It's the opposite here. There's not enough. 
So it's almost right. like you want to go, I had a very bad dream. And the main actor in it was me. Oh, hard or, disagree. Or, and the main actor in it was me. No, I just think you go, had a very bad dream. The protagonist in it was me. Just, just one syllable mm. fewer. Okay. Either way, it's clumsy. It's clumsy. Don't yeah. like it. I've got a question that is going to be kind of imported from my uh, other podcast, uh, Lucas. Who is the main actor in Collateral? <sighs> the main actor... Is you're gonna say that the protagonist and the main actor are not necessarily the same? That's guy. right, Lucas. That is what I'm gonna <laughs> say. I would say the main actor in Collateral is is motherfucker Jones. You are absolutely wrong. The main actor, uh, and it pains me that you would even even slightly <laughs> disagree with me that the main actor is Tom Cruise. Name above the title, Tom Cruise. Just he's uh, the biggest star. Doesn't mean so. It's the name above the title. All it takes is the main actor in Batman and Robin. Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Mr. Freeze. Arnold Yes, what? and he's an antagonist. <laughs> Schwarz? Schwarzenegger. I like right. it. Wait, I've got another He's not the main film? actor in that film. What's he's that just film? got the best. He's got the best, best agent. fucking agent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the film I haven't seen, No Country for Old Men, the main actor is a bad guy. Yeah? Yeah, have you about them? Yeah. So he's not the protagonist, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's the main actor in it. But actually, I would, I would disagree. I would me. say that the main actor is probably Tommy Lee Jones or Josh Brolin. Now, Tommy Lee Jones was the main actor in Batman Forever. Yes, yes. Although yes. was not doing the most acting. That was Jim Carrey. <laughs> he was doing well, quite a lot of acting. You know what he was? Yeah, I think he was trying to top Jim Carrey, despite the fact that he said that his uh, performance was over the top. Anyway, it no, doesn't he didn't matter. Say his, so he didn't say his performance was over the top. He, well, he said, said he wanted to punch him, said, right? He, he said, said, I cannot abide by your level of buffoonery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he did some weird... Joker performance. It doesn't matter, guys. Tommy Lee Jones. I love him. Grumpiest man alive. Um, <laughs> lyrically, I think this song is a bit weaker than the rest of them. But musically, well, yeah, I think shit, it's... Like the main actor in it was me. I mean, that it, that is an issue, I think. I, I think musically, this is great. And, and James Dean Bradfield just kills this album uh, oh. across the board. It's even in Exile, like, adjacent with the... Ah. Yeah. The ahs are just classic manics, though. They're just classic. It's mans. got a bit of a twinge of Southern American to it, though, with that. Oh, or like, or like tolerate this. Like, ah, like it's got just a classic manic ah that they're known for. It's just a bit, seems a bit, bit gothic, a bit westerny, almost. There are some, there's some other westerny bits uh, on, on, mm. on this album as well. Oh. I, I think we're back into, though, having done like Orwellian, quite like political leaning, secret he had missed historical we're back to being very personal and it seems to be about becoming boring and searching for like an old fire or an old spirit or the ancient color right right what's the ancient color though that's his quest for it what is it though Mm, whoa. whoa! I don't know. It's, just, it's well, an ancient. Well, back color. in the ancient like, times, there was no colors. Everything was grayscale. Everything was so. black and yeah. white, as we know. Absolutely. Did we yeah. seen a bit? Yeah. Famously, famously, yeah. we've all yeah. seen Battleship yeah. Potemkin. <laughs> Have we all seen it? I think two thirds have seen, seen Battleship Potemkin. Yeah. I've yeah, seen yeah. Pleasantville. Didn't study film at college, so he never was made to watch Boo. Battleship Potemkin. Made to watch. I watched it a year ago. It's a great film. No, not a fan of Battleship Potemkin. We don't need to go into it. It doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. (laughs) This is all the stuff that I love. (laughs) We'll talk about it on your film podcast when I come on it. Sure. Uh, When is that? 
sure a lot of songs sort of uh have reveal unexpected turns which i think is like what i mean by like exploratory and you, you pointed out like the even in exile adjacentness of it um i wasn't expecting the militaristic drumming in the second verse yeah 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 yeah. So mm. I had to do it out loud there to I myself think... to remind myself of what it was. No, I'm glad you did. I, I, it was, um, Sean is great on this album. I yeah, yeah, point yeah, out yeah. At that yeah. point. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, good drummer. So. It, yeah, it, me. It, it, the song just seems to be about becoming a boring old arsehole, I think. Uh, my soul, a suburban sinkhole of vast, brutal urban sprawl. Yeah. My scream had lost its source. Another poor lyric, though, is like a reservoir in a summer drought. You don't need the like there. I think the audience is familiar enough with what a simile is to <laughs> so kind you of con like. on. Yeah, you could just yeah. go, my scream had lost its source, a reservoir in a summer drought. Yeah. Not like a reservoir in a summer Do drought. Do you think it should have been a desert's mystery rather than like a desert's mystery in that song? That we all thought was when the... It's, it's, it's when the no, that's missed wrong, the rain. It? Yeah, you've got it the wrong way around yeah, again. I did my misheard lyric. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Lucas. Do you want to do your? Do you want to say something again about uh, division, or do you want to just edit well, it in from the last go round? Do we? Do we like this? Do we all like this song? Yeah, I think so. I don't. So do, do, wait, do you actually not like this song? Or are you just I don't doing really it for like the this song very. No, I don't really like this song very much. Okay, well, don't let that divide us. Don't let the night divide us The light will come and find us To keep the darkness from the door Don't let the hatred blind us The lies will help unite us Let's make a promise you and now Don't let those boys from me This is far too happy for me just at this point. Like, I find it very cheesy and not in a compelling way. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I don't I don't like this song. Like, and it's not like I've got any reason to. I sure. Just, it Apart from what you just the wrong said. Way. Apart from all the reasons I have, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't really I like I think the chorus is really good. And, and that occurred to me <sighs> when we saw it live, when we went to Cardiff, they were playing this. Um... Mm. And uh, da, 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 was I, I really like that. It's, it's in my head a lot. Um, Lucas, Lucas, you'll like this. You'll like this. Uh, the last two songs, Don't Let the Night Divide Us and Quest for Ancient Colour, right? I like less than Orwellian and The Secret He Had Missed, <laughs> but I would but. still take Orwellian and Secret Mist off the album. Oh, yes. You'd like that? Uh, you like that? <laughs> Do, you like that? Do you like that? Do you like that? Though? No. Do you like that? No. <laughs> I like it. I like it because I like that you, you and I are different. I hate it. I hate anyone who's different to me. Well, this is like such an optimistic song. Yeah. Considering like everything's fucked. Mm-hmm. 
It's very like everything's fucked, but let's pull together. Like <laughs> yeah. it's very, and it's like well, we probably won't though, will we? We'll probably just fight more. As then, is um, then... quest for ancient color, right? Like that is I. I am very boring, but I'm going on this quest to reinvigorate my life. We've got two. When I said it moved in pairs, two very hopeful songs next to each other. Yeah. Uh, although at the same time, my lyrical blindness or deafness, as uh, you may mm, prefer, yeah. Mm. Dumbness really shows in this song because when we went to the gig and they had all those badges that a fan kindly bought for us that said, Yes, shout out to Jim. Uh, I, I don't, uh, the boys meet and tell us we're, Suggest that we're we'll beaten. Be beaten. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know it was from this song, didn't know it was from any song on the album, Fair didn't enough. know it was a lyric to the song. Fair enough, even though really, it's like a key lyric in the song. Yeah, that is the yeah. one lyric that I remember from this song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even rec- register. I just figured it was a slogan they'd come up with for some merch. Right, yeah. And it was only when enough. I was going through the lyrics yesterday to do my notes. Yeah. That I was like, oh, it's the line from the, from the badge. <laughs> to be fair, Lucas, just making up something for merch is a very manic thing to do. There was a great T-shirt I saw from a previous tour when we were at Brighton that was a Manic Street Preacher T-shirt that just said, all rock and roll is homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Which is just a uh, great quote. Quote bait. Quote bait. Quote bait 2022. Um, I don't like the line. I don't like that line. No? Don't let those boys Two on the nose? admit that you were beat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, and it really, really stood out. In fact, that was like, like Adam said, it's like the one that probably stood out on the album for me. Mm. Because he's mentioned the bo- guys from Eaton on their bench or something in another album. He definitely said something about Eaton. Um, you're, you're talking about um, Line the Back Benches, uh, yes. which is um, from 30 Year War, which is actually kind of the opposite point this is making. But yes, I, I, okay. I do see your point. Yeah. Um, so I don't really like that line, but there's a couple of things that I do like on this, and it's the one of them being it's impressive that he makes propaganda rhyme with truth's arrow, mm. <laughs> which is good. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm trying yeah. to think how is that done? Is Fair that enough. Good? I imagine Fair it's enough. arrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Um, uh, not a fan. That's a shame, isn't it? Because it's such a happy song. It's so like jaunty. You're right. Well, there's, but but it's also it's very important that it's kind of at this point uh, of the album. Like this is, I, I pair this with with ancient color because it's very uh, helpful. There, there's an undulating mu- mood to the album as a whole, where we go from that first track. We haven't gone back into the mode of that first track, which is very concerned with nostalgia and memory. Right? Uh, we we are instead shoved into the present with Orwellian, which is talking about now. And it's talking about almost like, it's talking about an apocalypse, isn't it? It's talking about like an apocalyptic world. And then the songs after that are talking about being in a place that you kind of need to have hope to to come out of. Um, Quest for Ancient Colour, Don't Let the Night Divide Us, they're very hopeful songs, uh, speaking from the place of where the world is sort of apocalyptically fucked. Um, and then after this, the album just sort of slumps into a kind of uh, actually fuck it. I'm just going to be sad now, like yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. which I really appreciate because it's and and like the the album retreats back into the comfort um, um, um of of memory. We're not quite halfway through. I think well, we're sort of halfway through. Diapause is kind of the 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 center uh, of of the album with five tracks either side of it. Just to kind of let you know where I am with the album. First track, 
outstanding. And then the two singles I think are really great but don't necessarily fit on the album. And the next two, Quest and Night, I think are the ones I'm least likely to put on in isolation. But I enjoy them very much in the context of the album, much more than I do the two singles. And now, when we hit diapause, it's just a run of 10 out of 10 bangers from here till the end for me. Wow. Wow. Spoilers. End of the episode. You've been just... I don't think this is the end of the episode. I think this is just the beginning. Is this just the beginning? Or did I look behind? As I missed your demise As I fell through the night I beat you like a statue Sounds like something off Black Star. It does a bit, yeah. Well, the, the verses do at least. Mm. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like fucking stunning. It's really good, isn't it? Uh, uh, listener and Manix fan at Piff Brown recently did the uh, the top fifty Manix things, right? Yeah, yeah. Ultra Vivid Lament had come out by this point. I was very surprised to find that this made my top ten. So, Whereabouts did it come again in the top ten? I think number six. Nice. So, that's good. So that's high. Jesus. The, 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 or, or number eight or something like that. But, but but the top ten that we did at the end of our Do You Love Us season has changed because of this album. Um, <gasps> oh, 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 it is oh. such a, a journey. Um, yeah. My first time through it felt like it re- I recalled my first time through Paranoid Android. I absolutely... Wow could not believe what was happening uh and even now even now that i know what's going to happen i get excited like about the next things that the song is going to do like it's quite ambient at the beginning we're back to kind of still snowing in sapporo sort of Mm. vibes with the swirling vocals the drums are not what i expected this kind of like 60s little like bop and then you get another chorus after the uh the the pre-chorus and then there's a jazz guitar solo and then there's an ambient keyboard solo (laughs) yeah What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on, Adam. Everything. Everything is going on. Everything's going on in this album. (laughs) Uh, You're talking about the drums, though. I love... This is not a diss. They are very loose in this song. Well, there's a tempo change, right? The tempo change, when you get slower, it's not perfect. And that's not... and And it's probably a choice. 
And Dave Definitely. talked about how he was holding off deliberately mm. to try and get a different feeling. So when it comes out of that temper, it slows down and then it comes back in with the, the rim shots. Um, it just sounds so warm, you know? It kind of gives a real warmth to the song. Um, and I think... It, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing because it takes away any kind of clinical feeling. So it really gives soul to that song. You're listening to a real band play that yeah. hasn't been quantized and digitized yeah. and stuff like that. And it's it's kind of a bit what was missing from Billie Eilish on the whole and the latter day Muse albums. You know, th- those early Muse albums feel very alive and and real and and kind of thrilling. But their later albums are quite quantized. All of Billie Eilish is quite quantized and clinical. And this is so... It just adds a richness to the music, I think. Rich is a good word. Nice. Mm. <laughs> I said warm, but rich is better. For mm. me, I like all the musicianship on this song. Like the little guitar licks. Guitar <laughs> <solo>. <laughs> the synthy stuff. Just not massive on the vocals. It's just a bit no, of a droney really. song. To me, it sounds like... Um, this kind of is also a little bit actually no I'll save that point for a later song actually okay because okay. I wouldn't want to repeat myself because we never would ever repeat ourselves don't ever Diary repeat entry. ourselves on the podcast no never not. repeat ourselves on the podcast um, yeah as much as I say it sounds like David Bowie which sounds like a compliment oh. I don't oh. actually really like the David Bowie side oh, right. of this okay. song <laughs> like I like the musicianness but the lyrics and the sort of not, and, and the vocals just a bit I would have thought you'd love me. the climb up the uh, I am not pretending, but I'm turning away. That little I mean, hill. Not, it's not. Oh, it's it not an instant. It's again. not instant. Uh, the climb up or climb down isn't an instant win for me. We thought we had a formula. We thought we had the formula. Put yeah. a climb up or climb down. Put some strings. You yeah. got a Lucas. You on for a Lucas banger? Yeah. Anybody got any takes on like what this song is about or what it's saying? God, Lucas. it's about a diapause. <laughs> What, what is, is a diapause? Well, it's um, it's like when you have to stop. Mm, yeah, like from your like like in your. That's a your diaphragm mind. pause. I think yeah. you're thinking uh, of. Okay. Yeah. Like if you is go like, huh? like a like, pause there with my diaphragm. <laughs> is it like a really rub- rubbish pause? Uh, I've got absolutely no idea what the word diapause means. I deliberately didn't uh, look it up because I don't. Want we to look know. it up now. I, live I actually podcast. don't want to know. I really. I actually... I'm going to look it up, and I won't okay. tell you. You can have that knowledge without me. It seems to be a very deeply personal lyric. I think, like, it's the same as the the two that have kind of preceded it. It it mentions. I know not in that context. It mentions bridges and bridges. broken hearts, oh. which means it's very difficult to not think about the context of the band, right? Yeah, yeah. I initially thought Richie. Uh, yeah, because he's also singing to a person, and mm-hmm. it's got uh, I've, uh, that wonderful line which they, he does repeat a few times. But I've burnt so many bridges, but not the one that leads to you. Is just, oh, it's so good. My it's... hairs were on end when I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave me chills, uh, Steve. Yeah, baby. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, Adam, I, I, Adam, I won't tell you, mate. Yeah. But, okay. Um, the word diapause is very manix. Okay, okay. good, good. Something okay. about Russian politics, I imagine. <laughs> No, no. Go, okay, another tell, side of tell tell, 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 tell me because uh, the listeners will, will want to know. It's a period of suspended development in an insect or other invertebrate oh. or mammal embryo during a, an unfavorable environmental conditions. Now that actually yeah. does sort of tell you a bit about the song, right? Um, the song seems to also speak on uh, going on a journey of healing. Uh, 
the kind of journey of healing that was mentioned on the first five songs of the record very specifically quest for ancient color and don't let the night divide us you know you're in this fuck situation but there's a way out of it you want to go on that journey of healing but this is the first song where he says before i even started it fell apart yeah we're we're, we're giving in to the impossibility of, of of that task at this point of the album and the rest of the album is about the f- like internal stuff i think it's kind of positing that like People should shut out the outside world and engage with themselves on a spiritual journey of healing and exploration. Which you're going to likely do when you can't go outside and you're stuck indoors and it's all falling to bits out there. 100%. Oh, yeah, I just, this album was written as a lockdown album. It's hard to sort forget, of, yeah. it's hard yeah. to forget that. It's, yeah. um, I, I can't help but love this song. And I love snowing in Sapporo. Spoilers for the end of the episode. Um, but oh, we have the same it, highlights. I think it's all the <laughs> it, it's the up and down of it all. And the, I didn't know where the song was going. Mm. And I really responded to those kind of songs on this album rather than just the. There's literally probably three or four that are intro, verse, chorus, verse, yeah. double chorus, solo, double chorus. And that's kind of like. That's the manics, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always surprised work, right? that so. they surprise me, though. Like, that there yeah, are these little true. pockets of things that they do that they do differently each time. Um, but think, speaking of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, standard kind of manics anthem. Yeah. On a street of old bones, dust masquerades as in. Time turns itself to stone Nothing left to lose and nothing left to win Desires to break and deconstruct I defend the middle ground Every battle I've ever fought Has either been lost or bought wait for the full chorus until the second time that the chorus comes around yeah. uh, a little little uh, they're edging me with the chorus <laughs> <laughs> on a song about Nikki's dead mum they're edging you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what the song's about because yeah. I literally have a note saying what is this song about I have zero idea even after reading the lyrics now uh, I only know of this because he told us at the gig uh, which You've got a good memory because I don't remember shit from that. I, think, night. I, I was think off it... my bloody mash, mate. <laughs> yeah, he had so, so many pills. <laughs> I had so um, many lime and soda. I think it might have been at the Cardiff gig, though, right? Yeah, it was at the Cardiff gig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's why. So I was it. just at home having loads of squash, loads of pills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for his mental health. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fucking You should mental. stop taking ecstasy for your mental health, mate. <laughs> yeah. But it declues the title. It's ecstasy. No, it's it not helping. You feel happy. It's not helping. Uh, yeah, Help, it makes you feel happy. <laughs> this is a song uh, in which Nikki is remembering his mum, who, of course, passed away 
in the couple of years preceding this album, like during the tour for the Resistance, for Resistance is Futile, closely followed by Nicky and Patrick losing their dad. Um, so we're again, in terms of the the journey of the album, we're firmly back in the realm of memory and the world is a bit much for me so i am retreating from it which is i believe as the kids would put it a big mood (laughs) (laughs) this might be nick this album should have been called nicky wire's biggest mood Uh, I really love this song. It's so cookie cutter manix, but um, it is so cookie cutter manix. Yeah. Also, it's about Steve, isn't it? I think says, so. I defend the middle ground. Yeah, that's Steve. That's Steve's position on the podcast between you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, which one of you is very right wing and which one's very left? I think Adam's it's fairly obvious. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. of all his <laughs> awful views. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't uh, like anyone different to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it scares me and angers me. <laughs> Um, that's what I'm really meaning when I say it's too scary. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes me very emotional, and I think that's uh, another difference in the way that we listen to music, uh, Lucas, is that I will kind of relate, uh, you know, songs I don't necessarily have a connection with. Uh, you know, I, I can relate to the subject matter rather than just the personal context I have with the song. So stuff about losing people uh, and nostalgia and memory and stuff like that, I, I get, you know, very, very, very emotional about that. I've never had a better time in my life than being at Wembley Arena uh, high as a fucking kite because we took some edibles in. My eyes were closed. My arms were in the air to Complicated Illusions by Manager Street Preachers. Really? That's great. Unbelievable. That's one of my few memories from the night. <laughs> with friend of the podcast oh, no. who with friend of the podcast who doesn't like Manics. doesn't like the Manix and I opened my eyes for the verse and I turned around and he had his eyes closed and his arms in the air and yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't help but uh think I, I yeah, I couldn't help but think of uh, someone I've lost with this song just because uh talking about the rhythm of your voice and uh find space to rejoice. It reminded me it's the mutual person we have lost. Um, I occasionally dream about her and it will literally just be a conversation and nothing yeah. happens and it's a bit boring, but like it's really nice, you know, and I wake up and I go, oh, that was nice. Do, in, um, in the dream, are you aware yeah. that she died? Um, because when I dream about uh, her, I'm, li- I, I'm like, you're dead though. <laughs> so so what's what's going on here i mean it's no, nice I to see you just just to round out the trilogy of dream stories yeah uh, sure. whenever i dream about her it's always about her coming back from the dead oh right. my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that is all and it being things. like a real not like a problem but it being like oh, a very yeah, an issue oh, it's like course. a whole yeah. thing to then yeah. navigate oh yeah. man i mean mine's quite boring but also i'm a horse oh, oh. okay <laughs> so <laughs> But what about in the dream? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, just just the same, just normal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I really like it, Steve. It, it turns you on to some degree, Lucas. I, I assume you kind of think it's a bit bit dull. It's fine. Great. I probably enjoyed it at the gig. Did they play it when we saw them? Yes. I probably oh, enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. Big arms in the air, sing along moment. Arms yeah, in the yeah. air, sing along. In fact, haven't we got a video of us singing it? No, you're thinking of a design for life. Oh, was yeah. that a design or for motorcycle yeah. emptiness? Yeah, you're thinking. But I remember there was one that was a new song that Adam, you were like, Lucas, you know all the words. Oh, we'll get oh, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll oh, get okay. to that. It wasn't complicated illusions, but we oh, will. It was after we ending, wasn't it? it was oh, after oh. ending. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I like relate to it a little bit, and I like the meaning of the song and stuff, and the way that it makes me feel. But actually, as a song, 
I'm with Lucas a bit. Hey, I'm taking the middle ground here. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Call back. Call back. Call back. Something about uh. <laughs> <laughs> You love that synth part, Steve. It's like someone from a It's like someone from a different it. band has wandered in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's, who's this guy? Security <laughs> I'm the synth this, man. <laughs> this song reminds me of um it's something of an older album. Maybe of Know Your Enemy. It might be that it reminds me of Black Dog. Ooh, okay. okay. Maybe it's not Black Dog. There's a song like this kind of... And there's a song of an earlier album that's like that kind of very like... I can't narrow that down for you. There's, do you know there's 14 do, albums, When I have these Lucas. thoughts when I'm writing notes, I you then will go and find yeah. out. <laughs> I'm not going to go and listen to every Manic song. I'm going to do Why? a little... Do some work on the podcast. Yeah, do some fucking work on the podcast, mate. Go back and listen to every manic song to find that one bit that you remember. Bring the I had two podcasts yesterday for two <laughs> different episodes of this podcast <laughs> about two different bands, and you expect me to do extra work. I used to do notes on Manic Street Preachers and also Bleep. <laughs> Live bleeping. Get to beat that now. So that's um, going to be a fun. It sounds like Reckoning Era REM. Yeah? In places, yeah. The way the acoustic guitar and the bass sort of interact sounds very REM-like. Um, and then, of course, there's that bit yeah, that we talked to that. Dave about, uh, the great gig in the sky bit with the vocals. Of course, of course. Uh, this song just sounds so vintage. It sounds so warm. It sounds like a warm vintage song. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. This, this, w- mm, there's, I'm between a couple of songs for yeah. my tops, and this will be one of them. One mainly for the Great Gig in the Sky vocal, because it is that. And that was in their notes, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah they said, yeah. Uh, that, so I'm glad that that was the case. Um, and he said that it was actually more mental that. She went. It, they restrained it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Cat Southall who does the vocals on that. But they, yeah, they restrained yeah. her. Apparently, um, not physically. There is some. <laughs> just want to put that out there. They restrained the synth player. Do you know that yeah. for sure? Physically. No, I don't know for sure. But I'm pretty, that's true. I'll get in touch with Dave and I'll get the full. Okay. I'll get yeah, the skinny. Um, there is. I mean, how great... was that? How was the great gig in the sky bit restrained? What was bigger? <laughs> How could it get bigger? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it was even higher, is what he was I saying. I love that there's that, week. like, also after the really high, ridiculous bit, it has, like, a bit of, like, a disco. Ha, ha, 
before coming back in. Like <laughs> yeah. That kind of like backing vocals on like a on like a disco song kind of vibe, you know? Yeah, it's 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 like it's Earth, a Wind, and song. Fire or something. It's 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 a it's a, it's a fun song, and and it has has a line that I think matches. Uh, I know I believe in nothing, but it's my nothing, I've got which it of course is. Uh, I don't know what it is that I believe in, but it involves misery and keeping still. Keeping still. still. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? It's a know, big I'm... mood, Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Nicky Wires, big moods. Uh, coming this summer. That should be the next um, Manix playlist. You know, they did the duets. They should do Nicky Wires, yeah. biggest moods. And there's a picture of his face looking a bit sad. Yeah. And it's and it's this, and it's, uh, and it's uh, My Little Empire, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> they're the only two songs. But yeah, there there are some great lyrics hidden on this album that aren't presented up right and centre, you know? And mm. and that's one of them. It's not shouted at you like, boys from Eton, conservatives, bad. Sure, it's, yeah. It's like, it's the little things like this that I really Cunts, like. though. Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Really putting the N in cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, good. I mean, it wasn't until you know. I don't. I don't instantly know every lyric off the top of my head. There was a there was a lyric in this song that absolutely sent a shiver down my spine, and I abs- I actually don't know if I can listen to the song again because it's too scary. Uh, skeletons hiding from the rain. Ooh, oh no, spooky, it's too it? scary for me. Uh, it seems to be talking about sub- subjectivity versus objectivity, and like has that line about universal truth and and language being a virus without reason. So we're back into that kind of realm of, uh, of, of, of the way that language is used. Um, and Nikki kind of being so, like, throw me into the ways of love, like rather than talking about uh, very like high minded word associated things, just to throw me into like an emotion, you know, let me let me bathe in that rather than very complicated uh, illusions. For yeah, instance. it's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Um, now talking (laughs) talking of lyrics oh yeah do you think it was a mistake that he says arms of love in the last chorus hmm that's interesting he says maybe waves of love throughout and then it says arms because that would be very easy to do wouldn't it yeah maybe Mm, maybe it was maybe Maybe i don't mind it mate I no, I, I like the little change up. Um, one one of my criticisms of of this album in general is that it feels like there's always one one more chorus than is necessary. There's a lot of choruses on this. Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I a couple of, of songs, and even Diapause is one of them. You get to the end of that keyboard thing, and you're like, oh, it's 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 ending on that weird keyboard. I'm up down it. And then Still Snowing in Sapporo ends with two back-to-back choruses. It happens again yeah. on Blank Diary Entry, the next song. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of choruses where perhaps they could have been more restrained in that regard. Um, speaking of which, Blank Diary Entry? Uh, 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 got it. Um, yeah. Time locked into. 
a solitude by body, state of mind A silent tension drags and weakens In a hollow room the darkness deepens The curve steepens Just another bright diary Oh my god, who's that strange voice on this song? It's only bloody Mark Lanigan. Oh, classic <laughs> Mark. Classic Mark. You guys, any experience with Mark Lanigan previously? I think you probably have without knowing it. Um, he's got a massive um, oh? discography okay. of, uh, of, <laughs> okay. of collaborations. And so I imagine I've probably been, in, been heard something he's been involved yeah. with. Because I did I've, wonder what your experience of him was then. Because I know he's short. <laughs> Because I looked through his Wikipedia and was like, "Oh, lots." Well, right. he was he yeah, was a, yeah. he was a member of Queens of the Stone Age for a little while. Yeah, yeah. who? Queen. Queens no, of the Stone the, Age. Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, he, oh. he he sang a bunch of lead vocals for them uh, on Rated R and Songs for the Death. Um, oh. Songs for the Death, rather. I I did that thing. I did the Meet Joe Black mix up. Um, he's, he's a singer-songwriter he, I always kind of put him in the same vein as Nick Cave because I think they both have that they're both older and they both have that kind oh. of dark gothic kind of quality to them their voices work so well together I yeah think. but also especially when he says different kinds of skin I'm like oh, Nick yeah. Cave oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they do a work really well a full of locusts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Mark Lanigan, I'm just trying to have a drink. I mean, those lyrics, they are the most uh, overtly poetic lyrics on the album, I think. In a garden full of locusts, pain was a crying man, wrapped in several kinds of skin, seeking consolation in machines. That's great, isn't it? Isn't that great? Nicky, why? you naughty boy. And then on that line, machines, it starts with that very dark chord. And then on the word machines, it just lifts the whole song like lifts into a much sort of like more upbeat place which i wasn't necessarily expecting on first listen and now it's another one of those things where like diapause i actively look forward to that happening um we're into the boredom and despair portion of the album right sure we're definitely into the boredom <laughs> yeah sure boredom okay great i mean yeah. this, great I mean, take great take Lucas. yeah yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. <laughs> i mean i mean we put i put on my notes absolutely not lucas bait <laughs> yeah this is does that mean you don't? Yeah, <laughs> not Lucas bait. This must be yeah. an easier way of it, saying that. Lucas repellent. <laughs> you you would spray yourself with this song to make sure that you weren't bitten by numerous Lucases, Lum- Ty- numerous <laughs> thousands of tiny Lucases in the summer, all going eh eh eh. When we start, oh Lucas, we've got to do a Nick Cave season. Um, well, well of course we are. Next week we're doing our Nick Cave season. I enjoy the guitar yeah. solo edge. Um, it's very spaghetti it. western. When you brought that's up spaghetti western it. earlier, Steve, that that this solo is what yeah. came to mind. Um, yeah. Sounds this like sounds he's singing like... blank diarrhea tree. Well, now it okay. does. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it just... sounds like something off of Nicky Wire's solo album. Oh, I completely mm. disagree because the tone's different. But I see where you're coming from with the voice. So, is Mark Lanigan's voice maybe not some not a voice you would typically listen to? Yeah, probably right. Got to do Nick K. 
Cave. <laughs> Do we? Can I play? Can I play you a bit of uh, Nick Cave, Lucas? Hey, go on then, if you want. Walking road, walking. I mean, you've chosen a song with a vibe, though. <laughs> Adam, I remember you specifically showing me a show where he's basically just being a, like a, a Western preacher. Uh, was it uh, every Nick Cave show? Uh, hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I imagine uh, I have written just just Lucas saying that he doesn't really respond to his voice. Is his voice, does it split opinion in general, like when people heard this? Do you remember any kind of discourse from it? I sort of seem to remember something like that. I might be totally wrong. I don't. I don't. I don't seem to remember anything like that. I. I was kind of obviously like familiar with Mark Lanigan going in, so I knew that he was going to be right, about okay. it. Um, but I don't remember it splitting any of us. I. I, I think he's got a, a cool voice. It's, oh, it's so cool! It's really yeah. rich, isn't it? Um, um, it. The whole song gives me like uh, the Killing Moon vibes, which is obviously. A, they're Echo and the Bunnymen, right? And they it's love a Echo singer. and the Bunnymen. Yeah. And he was on Rewind the Film, the lead singer of Echo and the Bunnymen? Postcards from a Young Man. He was on some kind of nothingness, yeah. So I, I just automatically assumed it was the same guy again. It is Now I've heard them side to side, going back again, they yeah. are very different. However, but, it, but the song itself does kind of give that vibe of The Killing Moon, which is an amazing song. Yes, um, that's true. It has it has a very sort of, um, and I think it must just be Mark Lanigan's influence, maybe, but it has a kind of a southern gothic tone to it, in the yeah, same way that yeah, like yeah. the opening credits of the first series of True Detective does. <laughs> sure, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, I can't relate to that. Have you heard? Have you heard the song? Um, you've have you heard the song from the first season of, of True Detective? Far from any roads. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of I similar vibe, it. right? It was the theme song, right? Yeah, great. Do you want to play it? I'll play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play play it. It. Wait, why not play it? Hey, I'm getting away with it so far, so may as well play some music. From the dusty mesa, a looming shadow. A hundred percent. Yeah, I have never heard that before, but that is so spot on, and it's also got that uh, fish percussion in it. <laughs> fish percussion, because it's shaped you know like what a I mean, fish, though? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had that song on a playlist for quite some time, which is weird. Cause it's not generally my vibe. Yeah, that that is Lucas repellent. I reckon. Yeah, song. but it's maybe but, it's but maybe the connection. Yeah, the connection yeah. to the great yeah. TV show is what is what helps there. Yeah. Is it I've good? not seen I've not seen seasons two or above. But two is one was... two is two is okay, and I haven't seen three or four. One um, is lovely. I tend to only watch them when I'm alone, or if I'm bored, or if I'm happy. Yeah? Are we doing segues again? I don't know. We've been doing them for a little while.
the start of that song's insane. I mean, I, I've just the only note I've got written down for this, and I don't know if it strikes a chord with you or anything. I think it's in regard to that opening guitar part. It just says "creepy worm." <laughs> <laughs> you really caught me off guard there. You really jump a bit. <laughs> it sounds like a creepy worm. What's the worm doing? No, it, yeah, no, I get it though. What the worm doing? Hey, what? Hey. Hey, what the, what worm, the worm doing? doing? Uh, another song that is about obviously about boredom, and I love that they've made a whole album that's about being bored. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it struck cool. a chord with people. It got to number one. Struck a board with people. I'm did a point. You're on a podcast. I can't just do a point. That's not enough. We're both pointing at Steve. We're both pointing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I, look, I like this song. I think ten out of ten banger. I, I think it's really interesting. I, that that scale at the beginning is 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 very odd, and it piques my interest every time. And I like the message of it, which seems to be: why involve yourself with the chaos and mess of the world when you could be alone, bored, and happy? Which is absolutely a compelling argument for me. Yeah. Oh God, why are we even bothering? Like why? Like why engage? Why? Fucking hell. Just lock yourself in a room. Yeah. Yeah. With a load of sweeties. Oh, is that what you call your pills? Yeah. Load of sweeties. Load of ecstasy. Load of sweeties, yeah. if you know just what I mean. Sellotape pillows to every wall. Jesus. Yeah. And just get off your fucking mash. He <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be bored, though. It's kind of the vibe uh, of the next season, really. You get bored eventually. I think if you're off your mash yeah. for like seven straight weeks, you get quite bored of it, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you'd end yeah. up uh, really like I mean, dead, rearranging well, Adam, some of the like neural when... pathways in your brain. Adam, what was it like when you were a heroin addict? Was it was um, it get boring? Getting do you know what? If I, had, if I had to sum up in one word, bleak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about though. That's the thing about heroin. Though. It's really Moorish. We uh, Moorish. we we talked about Nick Cave just now, and Nick Cave famously for about four years of his career was a heroin addict, um, and uh, he. Uh, he used to lead what he called a balanced life because in the morning he would go to church and pray and in the afternoon he would score and do heroin until he met uh, his partner at the time and, and, and they told him, like, you're doing something really, really dangerous here. And he agreed with her and so he stopped going to church. <laughs> <laughs> great. Good. And I'm pretty sure that's not true, but it's such a yeah. great Nick Cave story. It's good. Um, there's a line at the end of this song boredom was always my best friend because boredom never really has to end infinite loyal and sublime it leads me to a higher plane which is maybe the most Nicky Wire lyric of all Nicky Wire lyrics yeah it's it's definitely on Nicky Wire's big moods um, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's probably the Nicky Wire the song isn't it this and Mr. Carbohydrate um, yes yeah good shout I I'm not a fan of this song and I can't put my finger on it. It's a creepy it's worm. Re- it's, I like the creepy worm. Don't get oh, me wrong. Okay. I'm okay. like, oh, this song. And I'm like, oh. I think it's maybe the repetitive nature of the chorus, like the vocal patterns in it. Sure. I can't get on with it. And, I, and I'm surprised how much you love it. You said it's a 10 out of 10 banger, although you did say at the start of this uh, episode that after a certain point they are. So I uh, shouldn't have been surprised. Uh, I didn't mean to shock you. Yeah, I'm surprised Adam considers this a ten out of ten banger. It's a bit, it's a bit classic. Well, having said that, actually, it's not just a bit of a sta- a bit of a manix, like because the chorus is quite, you know, stando bit. But there's those um, 
into like the the verse melodies it's got like that i've picked up on many a time that like that little holy bible vocal melody that weird dark you know one that i picked up on which is why i was so adept at picking up b-sides from from holy bible when <laughs> yeah. we did the game yeah because there's just something about them there's just a little melody that they kind of use and it was like i can't think of the i can't think of it now off the top of my head uh, it's kind it's, of it's a bit the, dark. I was praying to a godless sky for the people still screaming inside. I mean, that's the tone of that is quite holy Bible anyway. But it's like the actual melody as well. Yeah, it's got that. But then, and then the chorus is just like, "I am happy, happy born alone." It's very. It's a bit like easy, you know. It's yeah, easy. sure. What what I would say is that we're not obviously. To go on about it, we're not here to review individual songs. And so when I say 10 out of 10 bangers, these are all in keeping with the theme of the album. Sure. So that's why I think it's an excellent run of songs, even sure. if I'm not going out of my way to put on Happy Board Alone in isolation. You know what I mean? Right. But then a lot of people would have put this on. In, a lot of people would have put this song on in isolation, though, because of the lockdown that happened. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, true. I mean, it feels lockdown adjacent, right? It feels like it's something, a lyric that was written in... In a, in a period of, well, of, of isolation. And Big yeah. Dave said, didn't he? He was like, you know, it wasn't really a lockdown <laughs> album, but it was kind of a lockdown album. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think if people didn't know what that Nicky Wire was just like this anyway, then they would have yeah. seen it as a reactive <laughs> yeah. song. If this but, is your yeah. first Manix album. Yeah. 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 Maybe. After ending. Yeah. I'll just, just get into it. <laughs> You get your kind of uh, big ending, yeah, and and I get my thematic <laughs> ending, and we're all kind of happy. Yeah, and, Steve I... get, and Steve gets to just wave his arms. Yeah, and I get and my be... la 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 la. So they've opened and ended this album with what is music bait, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good job, Mannix. Well done, thanks, thanks Manix. guys. Thanks, yeah, Manix. thanks, Manix. We clap Manix. for a crumbling state. Oh, and then the next line because uh, all those pricks clapping. Well, exactly, and also, did you clap? No, I, I'm a carer, and I found it very patronising and lame. You got clapped at, okay, yeah, Steve. Did you clap? Hate. I was next to the Marjorie Farage with my pans. <laughs> okay, great. And then the next line: inventing rules which we can break, but take no blame. 
that's fucking prescient, isn't it? Yeah. With all the stuff right. that's coming because out about the, the parties the and parties. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate, though, just to go on to that a little bit. Yeah, go on. Go sure. On. Hey, why not? I hate Sean. that the thing people what? are livid about is the parties and not, yeah. right. you know, everything else. The numerous deaths and cuts not, and Brexit. And just, yeah. And yeah, just yeah. Lucas, everything else. Hey, Lucas, it's something that they can grab hold of because something seems to be rumbling about it. Not that anything will happen. However, it's something to grab hold of. Because the, the bigger things you can't, you, it's just you're powerless for. Whereas it seems like, oh, something might be happening. So that's the reason people are livid about it. Do you know so what I'd like to grab hold of? Uh, my arse. Boris, Boris Johnson's, Johnson's neck. face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Then th- and then shove it okay. in a drain, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. And then, and then wait for a storm so yeah. the drain overfills and mm. then it drowns. Oh, right. Well, the yeah. whole thing so, about us yeah. latching on to the parties and the hypocrisy of having those parties in lockdown reminds me of a Norm Macdonald joke, RIP Norm Macdonald, uh, who was talking about the uh, the Bill Cosby uh, stuff. Obviously, we are aware of the Bill Cosby stuff. Yes. Oh, God, I know this. Um, and and right. he, he said, like, people would say to him, like, well, the worst thing about it is the hypocrisy. And he would say, is, is it? Because I think the worst thing about it is the rapes. <laughs> <laughs> So it's very much like on, on kind of the point you were making, Lucas. Um, a slightly sad, but also somehow epic closer. Lucas, this was the one you were singing along to at the gig, right? Yeah, having a great time. You're yeah. having a great time. You have a lovely little time. It's a lovely time. I'd add some limes and sodas. It reminds yeah. me of you. And some pills. Uh, oh, does it? <laughs> it, it always reminds me of you because of your reaction to The Void by Muse. And you just want to sail into the abyss. But yeah. this doesn't. This song doesn't make me think of sailing into the abyss. It has the. Line. But the lyric is "sail into the abyss with me." How does that well, not make you think about sailing into the abyss? This song doesn't make me want to sail into the abyss. Nah, this song doesn't want to sail into the abyss. Sure, but that's why it reminds me of, reminds me of you because it's talking about sailing into the abyss and after ending and after belief, after tomorrow, after the flood, and it's like the post-apocalypse that was set up in Orwellian. Um, where he was guiding someone through an apocalypse. Here's what they do after the apocalypse. And honestly, I think it's saying, like, just ignore everything we're concerned about. Find inner peace. Find absolute nothingness, which I'm really up for. It really strikes a chord with me, this this whole album. Um, I think it's a really perfect ending to to the themes that have been set up earlier in the album. Eight. Yeah, this song to me is is it's not drifting off into the void and dying. It's uh, it's just singing along with your mates at a gig, which is still great and still lovely. And I did. Uh, it also, um, how has no one mentioned Autumn Song yet? Because, because it sounds it's... exactly like Winter Lovers, which is from the same album. Oh, is it? Cause, okay, so I'm thinking of Winter Lovers, not Autumn Song. <laughs> Because to me, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, it's like Autumn Song, like a real... I expected Adam to hate this because I'm just like, real anthem bait. Well, if, like, if you remember, like, well... Because uh, you fucking hated Autumn Song, Adam. Yeah, but are you actually thinking about Winter Lovers? Winter Lovers! Yeah, because the the verse melody is, is almost no, exactly no. the same. Maybe I am. There uh, is, well, that might explain... And it has the na-na-nas. The na-na-nas. I think it's something to do with the chord changes in the verse, especially that yeah. that might rub my nub a little. Right, a okay. Nub, a little yeah. a little flick of my quivering nub. Oh uh, it's uh it's been a while. Yeah. It's but been it, a it's while. been rubbed and it's uh, 
Yeah. What was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> supposed stained, didn't it? It's from stained. Yeah, it works. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. The, the thing is, Winter Lovers, one of the few tracks on Sending Away the Tigers that I like. Actually, I like all of the tracks on Sending Away the Tigers. I don't like how they work as an album. Uh, and that's the end of the album. That's the end of the Ultra Vivid Lament, the 14th studio album by Manic Street Preachers. It feels to me, personally, both like classic manics and like something they haven't done before it kind mm-hmm. of sounds it has echoes of lifeblood and futurology but kind of adds something new i think and thematically i think it echoes lifeblood and this is my truth tell me yours uh both very nicky centric albums i think um and i don't think it's a coincidence that this connected like it did uh for the first time the manics have since this is my truth it seems like the manics inherent sadness and internal exploration has synced up with the mood uh of the moment you know big mood indeed nicky wire's big mood it's nicky wire's biggest mood um in a time when so much emphasis is kind of put on artists to be saying something about the world and the state that the world is in the manics are again kind of bucking the trend by by like positing what if you just took yourself away and explored the inside of your mind and it reminds me a little bit of the bo berman uh, bit from inside what if everybody just shut the fuck up <laughs> just for five minutes what if everyone just shut the fuck up like it's not even everybody it's what if one person yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> so good. and that's what this album reminds me of it's I just like watch that again what yeah, if we really all good. just stopped engaging up. with all the fucking bullshit out there and just explored what it meant to ourselves to be happy and peaceful and this album really really like strikes strikes a chord with me uh what do you guys think uh, it, it, so it doesn't excite me to put on like something like Futurology does when I'm like oh I get a little bubble of excitement I'm like oh, I might put on oh, Futurology oh, 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 oh. Uh, to put on Futurology it's one of um, our worst bits yeah yeah but it uh, but it is it is very strong I, I, worstest bits I say this every time um, but it was nice to be surprised by the manics like I was through when we did the podcast um, it was nice to get, to get something new but like you said it's still very manics and I think it will go down as like one of the classic manics albums I think it I think it's definitely in their sort of top half of records which is insane um, at album 14 exactly to that's be a what, classic there's, there's album one, of theirs yeah but it, I think it really is. I don't know if that's all personal context. Hey, guys, does, does context affect the way you listen to music? No. No. Oh. Well, actually, I would say for some people it does, some people it doesn't. We live in <laughs> urban no, hell. Like, don't, like, I'll cut that <laughs> bit out because otherwise we've ruined the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I find it very listenable. Mm. Uh, very listenable and largely accessible and rarely exceptional. It's very well put for me like yeah. i can stick it on and enjoy it apart from a couple of you know the ones that I, I would skip but for the most part i can listen to it all and be like yeah yeah perfectly yeah. nice manix album but very much in the same way i can stick on journal for plague lovers yeah no, huh? <laughs> no. what <laughs> but, huh? but very much in the same way i can put on riff oh. 
or I could put on postcards. Send away the tigers. On, maybe we'd be in the same. I could put on thing. rewind the film. Sure. And be like, actually, no, I really like rewind the film, didn't I? Did I quite like rewind the film? You gave it a five, so yes, you loved it. But for Manix, <laughs> yeah, rank, in my <laughs> ranking of Manix albums, where did it sit? Oh, um, well, just uh, consult the text. <laughs> I've got to consult the ancient tomes. Um, yeah, but for me, this one's very much like in that realm of just like it's fine. I enjoy it. It's not. I don't really have much to complain about about it. But I also, it doesn't have that, you know, that that futurology, lifeblood, everything must go, you know, this is my truth, like, fuck yeah, sort of Agree. thing. Rewind the Film is your seventh favourite Mannix album at a five out of ten. Below. But so, we'll talk about this in a minute, because you're going to ask me to score it, and I'm going to ask you to give me that entire list. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, it's interesting you, you mention uh, uh, scoring, because in terms of the machinations of the score i am again impressed by their ability to surprise me and although this album took a little bit of time to grow on me uh i like every song on it very much it is a no skip album for me the secret he had missed and orwellian i actually really love both of them taken in isolation but they just seem out of place on the record um orwellian seems less personal anything else it takes a look at politics from like an outside lens whereas other songs that deal with political matters are kind of more individualized uh and this is what i kind of mean about fitting into one piece like i was talking about in in the billy Eilish season just just gone i i really really like those two singles but i feel they bring down the overall feel and thematic reach of the album i'd never skip them I seek them out individually. Everything on this album goes into the mythical playlist, but it has that little weak spot right at the beginning. Um, And there's also the overabundance of choruses. I think where songs should just end, they've added a chorus. And, you know, Nicky... Don't bore us, get to the chorus. Yeah, true. But then by the time the fifth chorus has come around, they have (laughs) bored us um, a little bit. Like, uh, and and Nicky, some of the lyrics just needed needed another pass, maybe. Um, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 Mm. uh, because it just really struck a a particular chord with me and I think that is mostly to do with the album coming out at the right time. I think five years ago I wouldn't have given it such a higher score and I think in five years' time I wouldn't have given it such a higher score. In terms of the weakest songs, it's tricky. Quest for Ancient Colour and Don't Let the Night Divide Us are my least favourite songs on the album. But in terms of looking at it as a piece, I think the weak spot is Orwellian and The Secret He Had Missed. So I'm going to pick Orwellian and The Secret He Had Missed as the weakest. Because of the, the album. Low lights, in the context of the I'm, album. Yeah. In the context of the album, yeah. Highlights, though. Still Snowing in Sapporo and Diapause. Uh, just outstanding songs. They both hit, made my top 50. Uh, and Dire Paws in the top 10. It still makes me laugh when you use High a number. number. Yeah, high number. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so really good. It like, made my like, top 100 films of the year. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, for me, uh, I just said all the things I was going to say about it anyway. Yeah, of course. Which is that it's accessible and enjoyable, but really exceptional uh, for me personally. Uh, uh, low lights, I would say, uh, blank diary entry, and it's either diapause or quest for ancient color. Let's go quest for ancient color. Adam's doing a face. Insane to me that, that diapause was even in the running for your lowest point of the album. I didn't rate it that much. I said, but we'll go with quest for ancient. I'm going to beat you to death with your own shoes. 
Quest Wayne's Ancient Colour. I don't wear shoes. Then what are you going to do? Very Wayne's World of you. Had. Quest for Ancient Colour. Yeah, also was that was at Mighty Boosh. I'm going to beat you to death with your own shoes. <laughs> I think oh, you won't be able to find me because I'm a sock wearing demon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, blank diary entry. Quest for Ancient Colour. Low lights, highlights. Still snowing in Shaparo. Mm, Shaparo. Um, and probably after ending. Lovely. Because the book ends. Sing song times with my friends. Mm. Um, mm. I've no idea what I'm going to score it because I can't remember what I scored things in the Manic season. Adam, give me my Manics. Okay, there's so little variation in your Manic scores, I might as well just tell you that you gave them all a five. But I didn't. Uh, no, you we, gave two well, of them I mean, a six, one a seven, and one an eight. Everything else was a we've five. We've just done this. Shut up, Steve. All well, right, you don't on an, need... On an episode a few weeks ago. <laughs> you don't need... Right, five puts it on a par with what? Postcards from a Young Man, Send Away the Tigers, Rewind the Film, The Holy Bible, and Gold Against the Soul. Fine, stick it at five. Great. Done. <laughs> Where was Riff? Was Riff a four? Three. Oh. <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> Such aggressive oh, scoring for resistance is <laughs> Go on then, Steve. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> get on, on with it. We'll get your shit out of the way. Get on with it, you worm. <laughs> Creepy worm. Um, yeah, I think I think so much of this album is caught up in the uh, for me the excitement of hearing a new Mannix album that I think gives it just more in my personal context and the fact that we saw it on that tour and all of that does come into it for me. Mm. Um, but I think it is really strong. I think it's a strong album. I don't think it's exceptional. Uh, let's go for least favourites on it. I think Don't Let the Night Divide Us and Happy Board Alone. I just didn't really engage with them very much. Uh, and favourites are Still Snowing and Diapause. Diapause? Lovely. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Ooh, I think that is uh, my score for it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You think yeah. seven is your score for it? I think so, yeah. Adam, consult the texts. Is his score for it seven? It's what I've what written down, just... so it must be. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so uh, are you ready for some heavy stats now that we've Always. scored it? Because we love stats on the podcast. That makes it our fifth favourite Manix album. Ooh, big. It's in the top five between The Holy Bible and This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. Uh, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours just missing out because of my higher score for The Ultra Vivid Lament. Right, before we continue, how does that make you guys feel? This is what Adam was doing when we were trying to rank albums. Does that feel right to you? Yeah. Does does this being better than This Is My Truth feel right to you? Yeah, I gave it a higher score than This Is My Truth, so so it feels pretty spot on for me. Exactly the same score as mine. Yeah. Why? Oh, no, it's just interesting. Oh, it? sorry, okay. It's like what Adam was doing when we were trying to rank albums, wasn't it? And you go, does oh, that right. feel right? You know, like when yeah, Adam's yeah. constantly berating me about my scores and yeah. going, does that feel correct to you when yeah. you put it in a... And to me, that seems like the, uh, the way we talked about This Is My Truth, it's a seminal album. Right. And uh, this we talked about like uh, the 14th Mannix album. Uh, I, don't, okay. I don't feel like I did. No, I don't feel like I feel like I was either. very positive on all of the tracks on the album. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, do you prefer this or Postcards from a Young Man? Uh, oh, mm, it's been a while since I listened to Postcards, so I'm going to plead the fifth. <laughs> Lucas, you sounded like dial-up then. Give it, give um, it a go. Yeah. Just, just like gut reaction. 
Probably this. Okay, so that makes it your fifth favourite Manics album as well. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in terms of overall scores, uh, it, it, Steve, you give them a 7 out of 10 when all the scores are added up and divided by the total available score. Uh, it bumps mine up from a 6.9 to a 7 out of 10. And Lucas, yours remains... Uh, 5 out of 10 and it actually doesn't change the scale in terms of total score of the band we rate them a 6.3 out of 10 the same as Muse there we go that's Stat Corner when it was released uh, on September the 10th the album was kind of fiercely contested by Steps but sold over 27,000 copies in its first week and made it to number 1 with basically universally positive reviews Uh, you can hear us talk about that by listening to the previous episode with Dave Erringer. Uh, they released Complicated Illusions as a single on the week of Nikki's mum's birthday. Uh, they went on tour, and to hear about that, listen to our tour report episode, because we did a whole two-hour thing where we interviewed fans and everything. This year, they have some festival appearances booked, and we may or may not be expecting a Know Your Enemy reissue. Nikki has mentioned it in passing, like over the last couple of years, and there have been lots of rumours, but we'll see. And if it happens, we will talk about it. But in terms of talking, what I'd really like to know is all of what we've just heard, listened to, discussed, spoken about, listened to, and heard and discussed. Mm. Was that music? I'll tell you what it was. Mm. Big moods. Mm. Was it music, though? I'm going to have to nail you on this, Steve. Oh, sorry. Big music. Okay. Lucas, was it music? Big moods. But was it music, though, Lucas? Big music. Okay, okay, okay. So I'll add that to the spreadsheet. That one was music as well. Um, (laughs) Just just a big list of ticks next to album. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. Um, yeah. Before we go, I do have one final surprise for you guys. Lucas, there should be someone in the waiting room for the meeting. Oh. Oh, um, Oh. No. No? No. No, there's no one in the waiting room. Okay. No, no, um, no, I'm afraid. All right. Let me... Uh... Okay. Let me check my phone. Do we need to stop recording or we just keep going? Just Hang on. To... Well, we can always edit it out. Oh, I've got an email. Who are we? Oh. Well, who are we expecting? Well, we, we were expecting Sean, the drummer from the Manics. Sean Moore? We... Yeah. That was the... Well, that was the that was going to be the surprise. Look, he's he's emailed me. He's emailed. Oh, me. okay. Okay. He says, "Hey guys, uh, the year has been long. Wandering through the desolate fields of battle, surrounded by the broken bodies of my brothers, has been tough. What the fuck? Everywhere I look, I see another of my clones laying dead on the floor. I see it when I close my eyes. The Sean War has raged on for what must be centuries now." After the clone that has become known as Sean Prime discovered the time travel technology we used as a band to destroy rock and roll and create it in our own image, he has used it to ping back and forth in time, utilising his carefully honed skills of destruction to wreak havoc on the planet Earth across multiple timelines and realities. I no longer know if I'm the original Sean or merely a carbon copy of several Seans before me. I have seen things you could never dream of. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. Combinations of man and beast I did not know to be possible. A reality in which Lighthouse Family is the only music available. Sounds great. 
In attempt to stop Sean Prime and his second-in-command, Sean Not-So-Prime, I mounted a mission across the fabric of space. The journey took what felt like millennia, but what my ship's onboard computer tells me was merely a few minutes. I stepped through a portal into another world and felt my very being crumble, my atoms rearranged into something new yet familiar. I am now a man with the legs and tail of a goat. <laughs> Needless to say, I won't be no. coming on the podcast. And he signed it Fawn Moore. <laughs> Fucking Fuck me. <laughs> so I don't know what that's. I mean, that's disappointing. I don't know what that's it's about. It's disappointing he's not coming on. Like, I quite yeah, liked, yeah, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Not, I quite <laughs> like to meet. Can we stop trying to get Sean Moore on the podcast? Try and get Sean Prime or Sean not so prime. Yeah, I yeah. want Sean, I want Sean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prime, I think. Okay, well, I'll reach out. I'll reach yeah. out across the fabric of time and see if he's available. Fucking but hell. for now, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Our next episode will be the beginning of our fourth season, and I'm still not going to spoil it for you, but we'll be operating in a time in which the Manics are going to come up a few times. So if you like that period of music and you like the way that Mannix will change their sound from album to album, or you like the histrionic drama of Muse, or you like the down-tempo electronic miserability of Billie Eilish, you're probably on to a winner, and we will see you next week. Before that, find us on Twitter, at WhatIsMusicPod, Instagram, at WhatIsMusicPod, TikTok, at WhatIsMusic, and if you'd like to send in something a little bit longer and have us read it out like Sean did... Uh, <laughs> you can email us whatismusicpod at gmail.com we also have a couple of ways that you can support us other than listening if you'd like to and one is to buy our merchandise if you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com you'll find some stupid designs and one cool one and if you'd like to chuck us a few quid instead of buying our merchandise you can go to coffee.com which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusic all donations gratefully received and go towards our running costs that about does it thanks again for listening and remember we live in urban hell and we destroy rock and roll. Oh, wait.